0: Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Byrd of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life.
1: Welcome everybody to the 168 Podcast. Today, Mitch and I are going to talk about the subject of meeting together and How that is part of being a follower of Jesus and just the idea of um, gathering together with other followers of Jesus. Now the clearest place where this comes up is Sunday morning. Probably if you asked almost any follower of Jesus, when do you gather with other followers of Jesus? Probably the most immediate answer is going to be like on Sunday morning. So we want to talk about how, yes, that's important, but then how does that idea Flow out in scripture and maybe broader ways than just Sunday worship. Uh, Mitch, do you want to kind of take us in a direction for that? I know we talked about a couple of different verses. If you want to start one and we'll kind of go from there.
0: Yeah. So I think this matches the theme of our podcast quite a bit because we're talking about connecting corporate worship and uh, everyday discipleship and meeting together is one of those things that happens on Sunday, but needs to happen outside of Sunday as well. And it's encouraged and um, we're prompted toward it because it's healthy for us. It's something that we need. Um, And I think uh where it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I think sometimes, you know, at least the way I was raised, you know, I talked about this last Sunday about kind of getting ingrained in the Catholic Church, like, and some of that doctrine meeting together wasn't something that I necessarily looked forward to. It was something that I looked at as more of a religious experience and uh just in the sense of like tradition. And we kind of did it out of a sense of obligation or duty. But in this scripture, we're talking about encouraging one another, which takes many different forms, Right. Um, you know, whether that's recreation or whether that's service opportunities, um, there are many different ways that we can plug in with one another. And I think the Bible really encourages the worldview that we really are each other's brothers and sisters, and we have a family dynamic that is very unique, and it's a powerful point to our witness, which is why if we're only meeting together on a Sunday, right, and we're only in the view of other Christians, that can be kind of detrimental to our witness. I mean, people want to see our light shine. We're, you know, the light, the city on the hill that can't be hidden, the salt of the earth, right? We are supposed to be out there, and the way that we love one another, the way that we encourage one another and spur each other on toward love and good deeds is kind of how we show that to other people. We have a really unique family dynamic because we've all been, as Mike Bowers has said many times, adopted into God's family. So I think uh those are just some of my opening thoughts but um did you have anything you wanted to add on that
1: Yeah just your your comment there just toward the end made me think of how this conversation can easily go to maybe influencing someone or causing someone's thoughts to be like well so it's not about Sunday morning then it's about all this other stuff and part of our conversation I think just in us talking earlier is like it's not a one or the other it's a there's a balance or there's a, a the broad nature in which all of these realities all of these gatherings or all of these interactions contribute to the other and so like what we do on sunday influences our relationships throughout the week or our relationships throughout the week end up impacting how we worship on sunday and they all like interact and contribute toward the other so it's not about one or the other but Talking about like the, the witness of a follower of Jesus and, and where that is shown. And in some ways, yeah, that can be shown in a weekly sense or during the week, I should say, by how we follow Jesus at our job or in school or how people see us kind of throughout the week and not just at the church building on Sunday morning. But there is a sense in which scripture does view the gathering as a a corporate witness to the rest of the world. I mean, you can even see this architecturally. If you look throughout history, this is one of the reasons where like steeples and things like that with churches are are part of their structure because it became a, a visual signal of like there's a body of Christ or followers of Jesus in this community. The steeple obviously or the architecture of the building isn't the end all be all really the most important thing. It, it more symbolizes the people that gather in that specific space. But you still see that it there's a function in which The body of Christ, like the entirety of the body of Christ locally is to be known in a community, not just by the individual people. But even in, uh, Paul's writings in the New Testament, I want to say it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in Corinthians because it's in the section where it's taught, where he talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in one sense, it's about the, it's the passage about speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues and not to get into that whole subject, but within that whole section is this dynamic of if someone from outside of the church body comes into your gathering and they hear you speaking in a way in which they can't understand clearly it's not fruitful or beneficial for them and so paul goes to talk about how you need to talk or engage in a way on on us on your in your sunday worship or in your wor- weekly worship where you all gather together in a way in which an outsider if they came in could understand what you're talking about so they they could hear in a plain sense the good news of who jesus is and you have just in that, that context in those verses, the idea of the possibility of someone from outside the church coming to a church gathering and that church gathering being a witness to that person of who Jesus is. So there is a sense in which the corporate gathering on a Sunday uh, does play into the witnessing of the good news of Jesus to the world. And like I said, even like the ar- architecture kind of points to that in ways. Um, but just even from whether that there's a church gathering whether it's by their address or whatever it may be those all those are all things that point to there are followers of jesus in this community websites could kind of be the the more 21st century version of that right like our website if someone goes there they know hey there's a presence of followers of jesus in this community and so there is a corporate witness there but um, that also doesn't mean that the individual witness doesn't matter either or that uh, smaller gatherings of followers of Jesus can't be a witness beyond the Sunday uh, gathering of believers.
0: So I think another thing with this scripture is that it is an encouragement for us meeting together, but it's also a warning against isolation. Uh, and you can see that in the scripture where it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And I know in my personal walk, Meeting together on Sunday like we just talked about, but also outside of Sunday throughout the full course of the week is something that helps me get out of the darkness and into the light. It says that in John's letters, right? It says whatever um, whatever darkness is brought into the light in itself becomes a light. I think, and as we were talking earlier, the more that we spend time with one another in the light and in fellowship with Jesus together uh, in gathering the more likely it is for us to be able to get the stuff on our like off our chest that's been weighing us down right we talked about confession mutual confession last week and how that's uh such an alleviation from the burdens on our hearts and our minds uh in addition to the the vertical confession that we uh partake in with with god but <clears throat> you know to encourage literally means to stand alongside somebody It means to do life with them and it means that we talked last week about how none of us are unique in having things we need to deny and things that we need to crucify in order for us to be living in the presence of God moment by moment. And sometimes those things in isolation can really weigh us down. But again, like I said, for me, I need to be meeting with other people so that these darknesses can be released and that, you know, we can be encouraging one another and we can be eliminating these darknesses by, you know, our mutual confession and just our general fellowship. I think that dynamic is essential for me because when it's not there, I'm much more likely to just kind of grow into the darkness.
1: Yeah. And I think one thing that kind of goes along with what you're saying is just the very individualistic nature of the way of life that we're all born into, especially in a Western mindset in the United States. And we're born into this notion that like, we can kind of do life on our own, that we don't need other people, that if we just kind of do things by our own doing, we can kind of make life happen. And on one hand, I think we can believe that like intellectually, but like functionally, we all know that. And we start to see signs of that. Like when we are, depressed or we feel those moments like you were talking about. Like we know that there's supposed to be something more there. But even scripturally we see the dynamic that we're all meant to function within community or relation with other people. Even at the most base level, like on a family level, go all the way back to Genesis, just Adam being given Eve, you know, as a gift from God of of a helpmate, of of someone to do life with that, you know, man is not meant to live alone or it's not good for him to be alone. And just from the very beginning of you know scriptures understanding of humanity you have this notion that more than one person is better and i think you start to see that like even more out i mean you really could even look even more deeply if you want, want to think about just in the triune nature of god that there's a communal nature to to very, to god's very being to start with and that flows out of his life into the life that he creates with adam and eve and into us and the relationships we share with other people and so there is very much a sort of combating the individualism that um, we're fostered into in our own culture and technology in some ways has made that easier to stay connected to people but also helps us to be deceived into maybe thinking that we have community when we don't really have community like i mean one example is just like you can look at social media and think that you're engaged with people's life but you're just passively engaging it. you're not actually interacting with it i mean at at best we maybe do like a like or a thumbs up or something like that but it's not the full engagement that community arises out of and ultimately we see that we need that in our life to to be healthy and fully functioning people to have the abundant life that god god wants for us you want to add anything more to that
0: Uh, I actually think I wanted to move on to a different scripture because what you just mentioned was a really good transition point. Kind of what we're getting at, and maybe like a really simple way of summing up what we've said already, is that gathering together is another opportunity for us to be in the presence of God. If you ask anybody why going to church or going to worship is something that's important for them, it's because you know they might say that this is another way where they can encounter God's presence or they can be... More deep in the relationship with God, but um, that's not just limited to the Sunday gathering. We have access to that anytime two or three of us are gathered in his name, which is, brings us to the scripture of Matthew 18 verse 20, where Jesus says, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So we don't need to pigeonhole ourselves into a thought process of saying, well, I can really only experience God's presence in this one hour on Sunday, but you know, the rest of the week is kind of, um, you know, it's just up in the air. The reality of it is whenever two or three of us are gathered in his name, he is there also. We get to encounter God's presence. So we have the nice relational benefits we talked about earlier, the encouragement and stuff like that. But we also know that God is amongst his family who is there gathered in his name. So it's just another way we can more frequently be encountering God's presence.
1: Yeah, and you you kind of already pointed to this, that one of the reasons we gather on a Sunday is, and maybe we often, I know I don't often maybe think of this as, as much as I probably should, because I've been trained for one reason or another to think of Sunday worship as, it, yes, it's encountering God, but it's, again, from this the culture that we're born into, it's been so shaped or even sort of pushed in against by an individualistic mindset of, this is where I spend time with God, even though I'm surrounded by other people. Like, there's even notions of like, you know, for our communion times, like it's the time for me to get right with God. But the problem there is that the, the me get right with God as if my relationship with God has nothing to do with the people around me right now. And the fact is that it does because most likely the, the failures I've had during a week in my relationship with God often have to do with the people that are around me whether that be like with my family or my friends, but most of those people, or some at least a good chunk of those people are around me on a Sunday morning. And so how I interact with them is an impact on my relationship with God. And my relationship with God is impacted by how I interact with with those people. So it's not just a me and God moment. God and me are definitely interacting, but it definitely involves the relationships I have with other people. But the same thing also goes with like the rest of our worship. Like it's hard to... To sing and do all those other things without the other people joining in with us or someone else helping lead us in those things. Um, even our prayer time can often maybe seem like someone else prays and we just listen, but it's, it's also uh, us joining with that person in prayer so that we're all collectively praying together. Um, but it just makes me think of back just to, to the last couple, um, you know, many months with, with all the COVID stuff and like sports teams specifically, like, I don't know about anybody else, but like this year when like crowds were back at sporting events, it's just nine day different. And I'm not even a person who, who really fully feels like I enjoy that experience by being there live. Like it definitely is a, is a moment to experience, but like there is a, there's almost like a totally different experience watching it on TV and being there in person because there's just different dynamics that are happening, but the TV experience was very different without People there in the crowd, like it, sh- it was just very different and not that I really want to go back to that. Like I'm not sure how to, how you could really fully make it the same experience because we went through it and it seemed like it definitely wasn't the same, but I think the same dynamic is true of Sunday morning. Pull all the people out. It's not the same dynamic that you have in encountering God's presence because the, the people, when, the, when the people are there, we encounter God's presence to a different degree, if you will. And part of that goes to the, the other, uh, verse that we wanted to talk about but it does point to Matthew eighteen twenty of when we're gathered with at least another person or, or or two other people there's a dynamic that we encounter God's presence in a deeper sense with with another person there and the same thing applies with Romans uh, 12 4 when we get to that's one other verse we want to talk about where Paul talking in Romans twelve four says for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function and that is not the whole thing is it um let me keep reading here <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. so in christ we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others so the dynamic here of the body of christ is not as present when all of the members of christ's body in a location aren't there so if mitch isn't present When I gather for worship, I'm missing out on a certain dynamic of of God's presence because God's presence and dwelling in his life through the Holy Spirit isn't there in that moment. But the same thing also applies during the week. Like if if our relationship doesn't happen throughout the week, I'm missing out on part of my experience of God's presence just as much. Or just like if I don't, if if I'm not there on a Sunday morning, other people are missing out on God's presence. If you who are listening aren't there on a Sunday morning, other people are missing out on God's presence because you're not there. Because collectively, we are the manifestation of God's presence um, on earth right now. We are the, the presence, the, the the witness of Christ, his life lived out in front of people right now. Obviously, we're not the fullness of that, but we are a dynamic in which God reveals himself to the world through him living in and through us. You want to touch on that dynamic at all?
0: Yeah. So there's two main things I think about when reading and reflecting on this scripture, and the first is kind of the intimacy that is captured by the text that we have with one another as Christ's body. Like we're members of a single body that belong to one another. Like that's deeply personal and and, and intimate, and that's the kind of brotherhood and sisterhood that we have in Christ. Um, and that's why we should offer ourselves in commitment to one another to be there for each other. Uh The second is what you're talking about, the uniqueness of each member. I mean, I think we all remember during the earlier parts of COVID when Mike Bowers was out and he was in the hospital and he was gone. And, you know, I think we both heard like a million times how weird it was that he wasn't there. But I think something that we aren't thinking about as well is kind of what Jordan's mentioning that You know, when you, whoever's listening and watching to this, isn't there, I guarantee you there's probably someone there who's like, wow, this is a little different because that person isn't there. There's a dynamic piece of God's presence that's, you know, uniquely linked to each member of the body. And we want all of us to be there because it's just not the same dynamic without everyone there. You know, similar to your analogy about sporting events and crowds. So I think those are the two main things I get out of that. You know, we have an intimate relationship with one another and we're committed to one another because we belong to one another. And, you know, if we're really missing one part of our body, you know, the body isn't going to be functioning the same way. It's like if we have a broken arm or broken leg, it's it's different, you know? hmm
1: I think going back to the Hebrews passage for a moment, one thing that um, stands out there, is just the whole idea that the writer here is writing about those who are thinking about not gathering anymore, and the idea that a person would need to be spurred toward maintaining the the life of following Jesus, you know, toward love and good deeds. And for me, that prompts just the idea that it's hard to have your life shared with another person if it's only one time a week, or especially if it's just like for an hour when you gather for worship on, on a Sunday. But I mean, or it's, it's very easy to sort of like hide your life, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Like I can put on a good face for an hour. It's harder to put on a good face all days of the week. So my point here is that living a life of following Jesus and having others um present with me that are followers of Jesus and having them speak into my life. It's hard to do that when it's just within an hour's worth of time on a Sunday morning. But if I were to spend time with with some of those people more throughout the week, it's more likely that the junk of my life's going to come out, the good and the bad. <laughs> um, the good things where I can, you know, we have this mutual benefit to each other where we can boast for each other. But also the junk of my life's gonna come out where my selfishness, my pride, my anger, all those different things that god needs to continue to sharpen down and to to whittle away and to mold me more into the kind of person he wants me to be that looks more like christ those things come up the other people in my life like if mitch and i interact more throughout the week he's able to see those things and to help call those things out or to kind of notice when i'm down or whatever it may be to where he can speak the good news of jesus into my life or call me to say hey I'm not sure that, you know, you're living the most healthful life or the most bountiful life you could have because you're allowing this thing to take priority in your life or whatever it may be. But those things don't happen as easily when you only interact with people, you know, for an hour during one day of the week. But the more often we can act or interact with followers of Jesus, the more likely those things can come out that others are allowed. And and it and it's a trusting relationship that we have with people, right? Like it's not just like meeting up with any person, and we're allowing them to kind of call this stuff out. It's, it's someone we have a trusting relationship with. And I know Mitch and I kind of have this dynamic with, with our relationship that, um, we just are sharing stuff about life, like what happened within the day or two that we haven't interacted together, whatever it may be. Those daily occurrences come out and they can be mundane things. They could be just emotional things that we can see on each other's face or in their, our attitude toward each other, whatever it may be. Those things are allowed to come to the surface because we have a relationship beyond just Sunday morning. So that's one other thing that that stands out to me from from this Hebrews passage that also goes along with what we're talking about. Do you want to tag on to that idea?
0: Yeah, so I think we were going to get a little more like personal and kind of going over our dynamic as maybe a means to encourage you in some ways that you can plug into the body and you can help you know, to serve one another and encourage one another. I think for us, you know, there's texting, there's video chatting, there's calling, but there's also a lot of in-person gathering, like, you know, I'll go to Jordan's house, he'll come to mine for the podcast, he'll offer me a shower, you know, sometimes we'll...
1: When your bathroom's getting renovated.
0: <laughs> when my bathroom's getting renovated and I don't have a shower and I I smell like an ogre, Um, <laughs> well, sometimes we'll go and, you know, watch the, you know the fighter jets, I guess, with the, with the kids and stuff like that. Yeah, and did, then, you, do that. you know, and sometimes it's a matter of, so that, that, that's kind of all proactive of us trying to maintain the relationship. And I think that's a good basis for when there's a need, um, like, again, this is not me trying to puff myself up or anything, but you know, some, there have been times where, you know, you've called me at like 10 PM and you said, Hey, we need to, like, I I really need to get my car from the parking lot because, you know, this issue happened and, you know, it was with Towns, but I I don't know if I'd, you know, you want me to cut that out or not. So. No, it's fine. Yeah. So there isn't, you know, there might have been an issue with Towns and they need to, you know, take him to a doctor and their car was left. And at 10 PM, Jordan calls me and we go get the car. And, you know, I do that because I know he would do it for me and we kind of, there's that body um experience there there's that self-giving service there's that experience of jesus's self-giving love between each member of the body um so i guess it can be something simple you know when it comes to recreation getting invited to someone's house you know to watch a football game mike has done that a lot that's a great way to plug in with the body uh it could be an invite to a service opportunity that you have like even if it's for your own house like if you're working on your deck and you need help you know you can call up your brothers and sisters and they'll probably help you out and they'll probably have a lot of fun doing it right um just little things like that i find are good ways for me to plug into the body and i'm probably the first person that could tell you that i'm guilty of You know, on some occasions being self-centered and withdrawing into my shell, but I also notice that when I do that, instead of plugging into the body and meeting together with other Christians and encouraging them and being encouraged that I'm more willing to participate in things that are not going to be beneficial in my relationship with God and also prevent me from experiencing the fullness, experiencing the fullness of God on that day where, you know, if I had done these things with other people, I probably would have been in his presence more profoundly than, you know, acting on more selfish impulses, I guess. So those are my thoughts on it. You want to add anything?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of this, I mean, my guess is some people are thinking like, I'm not sure how it fit that kind of those kind of relationships into my schedule right now. And it may mean that like something has to be moved around or given a different priority because yeah, like if this, kind of dynamic with other people in the body of Christ isn't a priority it doesn't just happen magically it has to be something that's a priority I mean maybe just to compare it to something else like most of us in this area will make time to be at a TV or to be at a stadium on a Sunday during football season to watch the Bills play that doesn't just happen like by happenstance it's because we all make it priority because we want to have that Dynamic in our life, and the same thing with this. If we want to have an experience with God's the presence of God by having other followers of Jesus in our life, we have to make that a priority. And some- but the reality is, like if we want to have an experience with the bills, like we make it a priority, right? It doesn't just happen magically. It's something we make happen in our life. And if we want to have a similar experience, if you will, of having God's presence in our life to a certain degree, then we need to make having other people who follow Jesus in our life a priority I'm not saying you got to have the whole church body involved in your life but you know at least start with the two or three like who are the two or three people that you can that you have a trusting relationship with or you can start to build a trusting relationship with and have those be your go-to people that can you can sort of do life with if you will throughout the week and I mean, the beauty of living in the age we live in is there's a variety of ways in which you can stay in touch with other people. It doesn't have to be like a meeting for a meal or in person all the time. Ideally, that stuff will allow you to have the most interaction with another person or that person with you. But there are ways in which we can interact with, with one another in a mediated way, whether that's through texting or phone calls or video chatting or social media, whatever it may be, There's a variety of ways we can interact with other people that can look forward to the times we can be in person with, with other people. I know one thing that I'm on the, in in that generation that bridges the technology we live in now and where it wasn't here. So I'm on the early end of the uh, millennial stage where I can remember when I was really young, like my family didn't have a computer. Like I remember like getting the internet and like living with it, the internet and having that now become like it's you know it's hard to think of like life without the internet and so i i remember being in, you know bridging that that stage of life but then you have younger people younger than me who all they have ever known like my kids will will only know a world in which technology is present from the get go and i know some people have struggled with knowing like how how are younger people knowing to have a relationship when they're always just having they're always just interacting through their phone and there is a sense in which um, it has made it harder for i think younger people to have in person relationships when they become maybe more dependent on technological relationships like it's it's far easier to say what you think through text without having to see another person face to face you don't have to see the reaction you don't have to get the blowback if it's negative there's all those things that can, that can happen but on the the opposite side i do know from just interacting with young people that as much as they as much as technological relationships are part of their life it never fully replaces their desire to be in person with other people my interaction my interaction with young people is that they long for in-person relationships like having relationships over some form of technology whether the phone or computer has never replaced the desire to hang out in person the difference with that, that generation is that their relationships are layered on top of each other like they may be in person with a few other people while at the same time engaging in the conversation with someone who's not physically there. And so you have those layered dynamics to, to relationship. And for someone like me, it's like, I've kind of been shaped into doing that because of just the way technology has infiltrated our life, but I still probably more think of like, well, I'm doing this in person now. And like when I'm not with people, then this maybe takes precedent. And so anyway, I see those things playing out, but my point is, is that we have at our fingertips, A variety of ways to stay in touch with people throughout the week. So if you texted someone one day and then called them another, and then maybe had a meal on Wednesday, like you're not talking about meeting in person all six to seven days of the week. Maybe you see them on Sunday, and then you're interacting with them through text messaging or whatever it may be for a few days. And maybe you do connect with them for a meal or something like that, or you just happen to pass them somewhere else. Like that's good. But all those things, ultimately are leading up to you being intentional about having that person present in your life and in you and theirs and anyway i i think we can often make excuses of like well there's just no way i could ever make that happen and a lot of it just comes down to making it a priority in our lives to have people in the body of christ present in our life beyond just sunday morning but even sunday morning has to be a priority right like if we don't make that an intentional habit we're not going to do it So as much as meeting people throughout the week is important, it's just as important to have interaction with people on Sunday morning. Um, Because Sunday morning is where we become regrounded into the way of life that we live out as a follower of Jesus with those people throughout the week. And then as we have those interactions, we are able to be a witness to the life of Christ to the people around us. You want to add on anything more to that idea? No,
0: I don't think I have any more thoughts. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the 168 Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.